Welcome, Junior, to the World XP Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. Been a long time coming, I think, all the soccer and training and all the years that we've known each other. But um, yeah, this has been, it's been good. Why don't you go ahead and sort of in- introduce yourself? I know with a lot of the other guests, we have a sort of a specific um, reason or thing, like niche, that they feel that that they bring to the table. And you've kind of a jack-of-all-trades, friends, soccer coaching fan of soccer all of the above um yeah I mean first of all thank you for having me on uh yeah man it's been a long time coming I'm, I'm excited I, I watched I watch all the podcasts like as they come out and stuff uh but yeah I mean like you said I'm a pretty much a soccer enthusiast I love I love the sport I learn I try learning everything about it I study it to, till today like as much as possible, I try to learn new things with whether it's playing, training, coaching. Like I've just, I just got into coaching as well. Um, no, I just, I just love the sport, man. And I, thankfully, we met, and you have that same type of mentality, and that's why it just helped click, you know. Yeah, hundred so, percent. But yeah, I'm just, that's pretty much that's pretty much. Uh, if I were to put a title on it, because I mean, you've had what people that uh future go uh what governors scientists astronauts actors (laughs) all that stuff (laughs) maybe one day maybe one day we'll get an astronaut on hopefully but yeah i mean i'm just i'm just a guy that loves the sport and just try to make a difference in the community you know so i mean i got big plans so hopefully i mean hopefully i can come back on as yeah of course what i'm working on a little bit later but that's still that's still in the in the work. So I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll I'm excited, that, man. We'll leave that one for for a different day for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll leave that for a little bit later. But given that the Euros are going on, what is your? So we got the finals coming up on Sunday when Copa America, which I've watched zero of except for probably fifteen minutes of Argentina and Colombia the other <laughs> the other day. Um, what have you thought of the tournament so far? Specifically, we can go into Copa America if you want, but I won't have much to add. But what do you what have you thought of the tournament so far, especially given the the long seasons that we've had with COVID and, and all the rest? Um, I mean, I, I think the Copa America is a little I don't know, it's a little weird this year. Like uh with the new rule with have them having uh they uh no extra time. Mm-hmm. So as soon as if you end in a tie, you go straight to PKs. So that's a huge like difference in how you play the game and subs and all that kind of stuff so I mean it was interesting to see that because there's a bunch of games that went to PKs Mm. uh I mean you probably didn't see them but I I watched a couple and I mean they were great games but I just feel that they did this mainly probably just because of COVID players had long seasons and I don't know if the Euros thought about doing it because that could have been another thing they could have done because a bunch of guys go down with the injuries and they're all tired and you know yeah, it's course. a long season it's probably we I think we talked about this earlier it's mm-hmm. probably the longest season that they that they've had in I don't know ever or the, like the most congested no breaks anyways yeah like the most so many games from, in so little time from last season because last summer when they normally would have had off they were finishing the previous season so they didn't have a break and they just went straight into the the next season I heard one of the announcers said that Mason Mount, who plays for England, played almost 80 games this year, which is like an absurd amount of games. Most of the time, Insane. if you're hitting, if you're getting into like 
fifties, high fifties, that's considered generally speaking a, a long season for like for players who play in like their league, their domestic cup, and then like European competition or whatever high fifties is normally like, wow, you played a long season. Like you played every game type deal, but he's pushing 80 for club and countries. It's absurd. I don't know. I doubt the Euros considered that 90 minutes going straight to penalties because, you know, they're traditionalists and all sorts, you know, the English. It's coming yeah, in every it's way coming, possible. It's coming home. Um, hey, I called it at the very beginning of the tournament. I, I was, I said it's coming home. So yeah, we'll see. We'll home. see. We'll see on Sunday, but I don't, um, were you kind of well-versed in the, um, like it was supposed to get hosted in Argentina and Colombia and then they moved it and all that sort of, and all the, the drama around that or not, not so much. Uh, I'm, I didn't really look at too, too much into it. I'm pretty sure they said something about just like not having enough, um, pretty much not having enough space for everybody like to come to Argentina and stuff. I'm pretty sure something something like that, and then it like COVID came into yeah. question, something, something like that. About, something about political unrest and COVID, and I don't really know. I didn't really read. Yeah, like some it. people were about like weren't like like they they were like voting against it because of everything that's going on, and Brazil just hopped on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Apparently, the fields haven't been great either. I've heard some rumblings. Oh, bro, they have not. Like I I, I was watching the Peru versus i think venezuela game mm-hmm. and i literally i looked at the field and comparing to any any field in the euro i looked mm-hmm. at it and i was like damn that's that looks like some high school field yeah you could tell from like the brown TV. patches yeah it was it was Most terrible of the time you can't tell from tv if it's bad or not it's like assuming it's professional standard you can't really tell from tv no definitely but like this one you could just see clearly brown patches everywhere just the grass, like different level, like grass mm-hmm. lengths, you could get. De- oh, it was, it's bad, it's bad, and, it, and it's it's so sad too to see that because I mean this is an international tournament, you know. Yeah. Like you look at the Euros and you see all the fields with the nice patterns, super well kept, and you go to South the South American tournament and you get you get these pitches, man. It's it's just it's kind of sad, you know. Yeah. Especially me being me being from there, like I want to I want to be able to look at that and be like, hey. Like I'm proud. I'm proud that that's like, I'm from the area. Like my my country mm-hmm. uh, was in the tournament and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's sad. It's sad to see that. Well, at least your country is in a tournament. The U.S. is sending a U23 squad to ours. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, hey, like uh, I, I I agree with it though. Let's let's get that. Let's get the youth in there. You know, get them get them some experience and give give our guys a break. Pulisic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he's played a, a bunch. Uh, yeah. Des has played it. Des has played a lot too mm-hmm. over McKinney, there in Barcelona. McKenny, McKenney, Yunus Musa, Gio Reyna, all those. All oh, Gio Reyna as well. Yeah, I was more being facetious. I'm, I agree with the roster decision that the coach made, but it just stinks that like the the amount of games that they're being asked to play at that level, in the name of like with all the UEFA stuff that went on uh, and the Super League stuff that went on a couple months ago, it's just like. For what? Like, people, the fans are fine with what's there. The clubs, aside from those, like, 12 or whatever, are fine with what's there, at least from, from my understanding. And nobody asks the players and coaches. They, like, they don't have the legs to play more. Like, even, even going through 
like last like last summer i went through a training thing with pablo who was um we already hit, we had him on he was episode number four and we trained every day at 6 a.m and we had friendlies and like games on the weekend for like months until we went to mexico mm-hmm. and that schedule in itself we're only playing one game a week for maybe one maybe two games a week for like six months and then we we're like we had a bunch of time off to ask them to play three games a week at the highest level is just it's not sustainable at all you're going to see people get injured like i don't i don't know what the cause of christian erickson's cardiac arrest was but like it's you'll see more of that i would think to the absolute just like it's not sustainable and nobody thought to ask them i don't know yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. Like, I, like, I feel like everything's so money-driven now. Like, how can you think an at, like, somebody that runs so much during a game, like, any 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 position, obviously, other than a goalkeeper, but mm-hmm. any other position, you're you're moving. You're, you're mm-hmm. covering distance. And to do that at a high level, I, I really don't pe- – I, I really don't think people really grasp how difficult that is. Yeah. Like, these guys – these guys are – these guys are – world-class athletes moving at like extreme pace and moving constantly, constantly uh, running long distances. And they have to do that over and over again throughout the, throughout months of mm-hmm. the season. Nah, no shot. No. Well, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. The, these owners that are pushing this and even to a certain extent, UEFA with their own new revamped champions league format that they're like, Oh, it's less bad than the other one that the owners said. It's like, but like they don't they don't take into consideration the players at all they're just like oh how can we put another game in here so we can sell more jerseys and sell more tickets and sell more this and sell more that and what really sucks is like if you want your club to be successful especially those like those i don't know like top eight like your Bayerns, your barcelona's your real madrid's manchester united's not that they're doing very well at the moment but historically speaking yeah you need nobody's going to be able like they're going to have to pick one league or one competition and like focus on it like they're not going to be able to win be that successful that they were at least like the treble trebles yeah. won't no won't they won't ha- they won't they won't happen because nobody's going to have the money to buy three teams of players that can compete in all competitions except for like like you look at Liverpool this year. They won the year before they won the league. They didn't win the Champions League. They were competing. It takes two injuries for them to Van Dyke and to um who's the other one that got hurt? Joe Gomez. Both their center backs. Joe Gomez. Yeah, yeah. both both their center backs derails their season. Oh, completely. So it's like, how do you expect clubs to be successful when they're playing more games than they're already? like that is already sustainable and the other thing that i don't think people don't understand is like when you jump up from like a sunday league or like a college club level or whatever or even or even like d3 college because you can sub but all the time like when you jump up to the next level and you're running like seven to ten miles a game for not like 90 minutes plus the 50 50 battles you're like it's physical contact 
and all that sort of stuff and you're cutting and moving eventually your joints are going to break down like the move is so much more movement than you think and then up here as well if you're not on mentally you go into a tackle wrong or something something unlucky happens because you're not concentrating or you're not fully focused because you're tired because you've played three games that week another injury is there it's just like it's not sustainable oh, there's no shot 90 minutes people don't understand 90 minute long games like you're not like each player is expected to play a full 90 minutes. Very, mm-hmm. Like you, everybody's expected to play a full 90 minutes. Nobody goes into a game saying, Oh, I'm going to get subbed off. You know what I mean? Yeah. They sub you off depending on how you, how you're doing, how you're feeling and stuff like that. Some, sometimes, yeah, you do there. get subbed off because of, because of being tired and stuff, but that's like when it's obvious, you know, most of the time it. it's either you're injured or it's a tactical change. Exactly. You, that starting 11 Unless it's before the game, hey, you're only going 60 minutes today because you're coming back from an injury or like you're expected to go full 90. And it's not like, oh, after 75 minutes, I'm kind of tired, so I'm going to walk around. It's like, no, in the 92nd minute, you're making that like 50-yard sprint down the line to chase somebody down or like make an overlapping run. (sighs) Built different, man. These dudes built different, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> trust me. I, I, it's a whole different level, yeah. man. It's something people can't. It, it, I mean, it's like that for every sport. For mm-hmm. Every sport. I, I whenever mean, you get to that that professional level, it's different. Yeah. People, some people just don't grasp that. Yeah. Well, it's also they're also kind of being taken advantage of because of how good shape they're in that they can play that many games and like they have sustained it for the last probably 10, 15 years or so. After they add more competitions in. That mm-hmm. the owner's like, well, we'll just add another one in. We'll just make some more money. Like, no. Oh, like, yeah. just keep, like, the, that's the beauty of it. Like, having trebles. Like, I I, I don't, I never understood that whole English, the English treble that mm-hmm. City got that one year. Mm-hmm. The, what is it? The Caribou Cup, the Capital One Cup. It was an uh, FA Cup, the League, and the Carabao Cup, yeah. Like, why? What, what's what's the Carabao Cup? I, why? Why do they have that? There's no need for that. Like just keep it, keep yeah. it simple. Keep it down to the three. Like each league has like three cups, don't they? Yeah. So the, each, well, oh, they have two. They have two. They have the league and they have like the league cup. Yeah. So the the Carabao Cup in England is in the fall, and then the FA Cup starts in the winter and goes through the spring. So just adding another league, pretty much yeah. to their schedule. It's yeah. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it doesn't was, make any sense. It was like historically, it was called the League Cup. And I don't know what the like historical significance of it, but it's been around for a while. It's not, it wasn't something that was added in like recently for that purpose. Like it's a traditional, like the league cup and the FA cup have both been around for like for a while. I think Mm -hmm. the FA cup was their open cup where like non-league teams can go Mm -hmm. in. And then the league cup was like the one where it's boiled down to just, just teams that are professional, but I don't really know. I don't know the history. Somebody's going to watch this and Google it and be like, oh, Eric, you're an idiot. Like, yeah, probably. yeah, pretty much. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, like Spanish, uh, the Spanish league has uh, the Copa del Rey, mm-hmm. which is pretty much their FA Cup, mm-hmm. yeah. like an open cup. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I like that. I like how it's like in Spain, if you win the treble, it's the league, Copa del Rey, Champions League. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why people who are saying City's trouble didn't count as a trouble. Well, yeah, yeah, that was not no, no, not even close. 
The treble yeah, is the only Champions with the League. Champions League. It mm-hmm. has to be a Champions League. There's 100%. no shot. 100%. Well, Germany's the same way, and they play less games. So they only have 18 teams in their top flight. So they play 34 games instead of 38, and they get a yep. winter break. So they have all of January off, or most of January off during the transfer window. And then they've got the Deutsche Pokal, which is their Copa del Rey or FA Cup is the same, set up the same. But the way that they do it is better. And that's why when Klopp, Klopp's first season after he got the Champions League final with Dortmund and won the league with Dortmund, his first season at Liverpool, he was like, why is there no winter break? All my players are tired. <laughs> no, that's nuts because it's what's it called? Isn't January nuts for for Premier League teams? Yeah, because that's when the Carabao Cup is coming to its closing stages. The FA Cup is started and they're still playing in the league. So they have, and if they're playing Champions League, well, Champions League is off then. But yeah, so they'll have. The Champions League comes back like the beginning of that next month though. In February, around February. Yeah. Remember all yep. the memes about like, oh, you know what I'm doing? Spending my Valentine's Day. Yeah, watching, watching court, Champions like the quarterfinals. Yeah. yeah, it's like the yeah. round of 16, I think, or something like that. Yeah, usually um, it's like February 14th. Yeah, yeah, all the memes. Ah, good times. <laughs> oh, I remember the Barcelona, the Barcelona PSG one was like, babe, do you like Barcelona? Like, have you ever been to Barcelona? She's like, no. Have you ever been to Paris? She's like, no. It's like. We're gonna ball, we're gonna watch both on Thursday. <laughs> so yeah, like we're gonna go visit both places, have a romantic <laughs> dinner in a stadium. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the stadium. Yeah. The other thing that's wacky about how soccer is going now is like, if you're not ready for a professional, like to play professional by the time you're like seventeen, eighteen, then you're kind of just like pushed off to the side, at least for the like super the top flight teams. Like if you're not, oh, for sure. if you're not in those academy systems by the time you're like 12, 13, and they like don't know who you are, it's kind of a wrap. Even here in the U.S., like for somebody who's played in, like who just played in college to try and make it pro, the sh- chance of you getting signed by an MLS team, I feel like, is very low, unless you're like all American, like top top. Um, college player when in reality there's tons of usl teams where like if you really think about it like the level between a d1 college team and like a usl one team for example is not that different <clears throat> if if at all so like you see guys that for me at least the last couple of years i paid a little bit of attention to the mls super draft just to see like <clears throat> who, which names were on the board and stuff and like for what level like who was going where and there would be like the top top guys would go get drafted and then you kind of don't hear it's not the same as the nfl or nba where it's like you spend one season at kentucky or duke and then you go become zion williamson or jason tatum it's like you kind of they kind of just disappear into the mls somewhere and then you see other guys that sign with like a usl team or something like that and they're playing pro but then like the chance to go elsewhere it's like if you're playing in the US and USL, you're kind of you're kind of stuck unless you like unless you really push to go somewhere else. Unless you're like in like no, unless you're like insane and have like a yeah. great season and like pop off. But yeah. like it, that, I mean, I think that just goes to the whole like how the US soccer system is just not where it needs to be right now, you know? Yeah. Like there's no there's no like starting with something as simple as like the relegation system. Mm-hmm. With the MLS not having relegation system, relegation system, 
there's just no, you know, there's no like real competition, you know, like there's, there's no, no like teams fighting. Yeah, there's no incentive. There's, there's no, no teams like fighting to stay to, up. Yep, there's no incentive to develop players to like even even in Europe, right? You would see the other point I was going to make about pushing to Europe is like you can go to like a lower league team in like Sweden or something, and like that's fine. Like most, like once you get to like second, third division in some of those countries, it's like it's not that it's not that different. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for the promotion relegation standpoint, it's like a lot of these teams make money off developing players and selling them to bigger clubs so they can stay in whatever league they're in, and so there's no incentive to develop young talent in in the u.s really like obviously you have homegrown players and and things like that but there's no incentive to develop your young players because you're not going to get punished if you are bad pretty much so whereas the punishment in like england if you drop out of the premier league you're losing like 100 million dollars on the tv money or something oh for sure you're losing you're losing big money yeah big money nobody's losing that here it's just it's whatever that's why it's such a whatever league that's why mm-hmm. there's it's not like i mean it's rough i mean it's 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 rough it's not to say that there's no quality because obviously there's everybody there's a professional soccer mm-hmm. you know but there's just no like he's just missing that passion you know mm-hmm. like u.s soccer just isn't at that level yet and without that with all without all those like implemented yet all those like uh, ideas and all that stuff. It just I don't I don't see U.S. soccer really building up that much yet. No. Like I, I think the biggest step right now is that relegation system. Yeah, have like that, a have that open that open cup type of thing. Well, we where you let. That. Yeah, we, I mean we have the U.S. Open Cup, you know, mm-hmm. but like that's like you can expand on that with mm-hmm. with the MLS, you know. Yeah, and so sure. I mean. Because there There's are so clubs, much possibility. Because there are clubs and like these, like really, I mean, they're classified as like elite amateur leagues by U.S. Soccer. There's these. Like there's clubs. Toros. Yeah, there's there's clubs that have been around for like 30, 40 years in these amateur leagues that are not too far. Like USL two, I think they call it Path to Pro, so it's not technically professional yet. Um, like there are teams in those leagues that would compete with the usl2 team or like a nissa team maybe like a a, like a lower tier nissa team or something something like Mm -hmm. that but there's no chance there's no chance to like make your way up the ladder at all you're kind of just stuck and so it not not that it gets boring but at a certain at a certain point it's like well we're just here unless like especially for individual players like you're just here unless you want to do other things like there would be a lot more potential to like to create a pipeline for like young players to get into, to have more opportunities to become professional if that was the case. Because if you developed a team and you promoted them a couple of divisions, then maybe a couple of the guys start getting looks from different teams. And then you like, whatever happens, happens. And then if one of them happens to be good and they command some sort of decent transfer fee, you can invest all that money back into the club and kind of go from there but there's no it's it's a non-starter right now because that doesn't that doesn't exist here the other thing though as far as the passion from the fans that's getting there because they're building soccer specific stadiums like the columbus crew just opened their new one and audi field's been open for a couple seasons now and then um like matthew mcconaughey and with austin fc they opened one down there so from the fans it's getting there it's just 
MLS has to follow suit with the rest of the world. Also, we're not even on the same schedule as the rest of the world. We play in the summer, which makes no sense because it's hot. I I don't get it. I don't get it. But no, I I completely agree with you. It's so hard as a player to get like to break out of that. Like even getting to even getting there is hard. Like even mm-hmm. getting to that those top those top tier uh like semi pro professional teams like those lower ones. Even getting there is so difficult, and once you get there, it's even harder to get out. You know, yeah. Like you said, like it's not, and it's not worth it. It's not worth it at, at the end of the day. It's not worth leaving a job that's very stable mm-hmm. to pursue something that it's like close, like pretty close to almost not impossible, but very rarely will you make it out of that system if yeah. if you get if you make it there. Yeah, and it'll be like a one year contract. With no good, yeah, you'll get like an MLS one year contract, not yeah, or USL or whatever. You get yeah. hurt, and then that's the end of it. It's like you nah. just find some 17 year old that's ready to go, ready to play, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, but they also have to be good enough. The other thing is, well, I keep saying the other thing, but it's just, I don't know, but it makes sense from a business perspective. It's like, why would they give a contract to somebody who? Mike is like late twenties or whatever, hasn't really played when they could give it to some 17 year old coming, like some local 17 year old that they don't have to pay as much and he can run forever. And he's got, he's got like value in terms of potential. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it makes sense from a business perspective for the clubs to do it that way. It just makes it hard. But I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things where, it's kind of the, the situation is what it is. It's not going to change unless U.S. soccer decides to go like, I don't know. They're getting there, right? The, I think the hiring of Jurgen Klinsmann back in like 2012, was it really that long ago? Yeah, I think, I think it was, yeah, I think it was 2012. Yeah, that was a huge step that I think a lot of people didn't like because we didn't always get the results. Mm-hmm. But the way he, the way the team started to play, um, I think was a good step. I don't like when I watched them during the 2014 World Cup, the tie against Portugal, the 2 2 tie in the group stage, a game that we should have won if not for Ronaldo being Ronaldo in the 95th minute. Yeah, tie is like nobody thought that 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 group of players could compete with that level of like with like the Ghanas of the world, Portugal. Belgium, I think we took to extra time. Yeah, extra time. Yeah, a lot of that was a function of Tim Howard being like second coming of Jesus. They put on his Wikipedia on his Wikipedia page that he was the Secretary of Defense after that game. (laughs) Uh, But was it was it like sixteen saves? Yeah, World Cup record. Shouts out to Tim Howard. But yeah, yeah, it's like sixteen saves. Like, but we were playing better like a better brand of soccer and he was bringing guys back over from Europe and encouraging guys to go to Europe and like pursue higher levels and to develop themselves. Um, and that rubbed people the wrong way um, because he was basically like MLS is trash. Go to Europe. And, I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. But I think people were saying that, why don't you want to develop MLS or which, which I get, but at the same time, he wants players to be good now. He doesn't care about the league 15 years from now because he wasn't going to be managing the team. So I understand both. I could be remembering it wrong, but 
No, I'm pretty no, I, I completely agree. I mean, look at our look at some of our best players now. The youth, mm-hmm. they all play abroad. They all play abroad. And they were all developed abroad. Yep, they're all developed abroad. That's the big part. McKinney, I mean, I mean except for uh Alfonso Davies. He kind of came up through the system, didn't he? He was Vancouver Whitecaps Academy, but he was a winger. And then Byron bought him and turned him into a left back. And that's different. I mean, I'm sure he could still play winger, but not at but the, not at the different. level that they need him. He was just fast at that point. Like, he was good yeah. for sure. But, like, he didn't have the technical ability of, like, a Serge Gnabry or a Leroy Sané or these other guys yeah, that are true. playing that are attackers. But, no, he's, in a, he's a phenomenal left back now, I think. Oh, one of, one of, probably one of the best. Right now, I, I don't see another left back. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's one up for debate. Also, he's Canadian, so he can – I don't care. <laughs> WB, um, WB. Yeah, no, but no, he was, but he's insane. He's nuts. Yeah, that guy, he's, that guy's very good. His recovery. That's like Doku. Doku. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Nineteen years old. Yeah. These guys are so good coming up. Like so. Surprise! He's not signed. He's not signed yet. Um, I read the other day actually that Liverpool that Klopp wanted him to be the eventual really? eventual replacement for Sadio Mane. But he chose to go to from Anderlecht to uh, Ren, where he is now. But I'm sure somebody will be coming this tournament. He added like 25 million onto his price tag for sure. Oh, easy, easy. Yeah, which is another uh, crazy if you think about it. Ten hours ago, ten hours ago, Liverpool submit inquiry for Jeremy Doku. Yeah. So, yeah, they still want him. Klopp, like. Klopp still wants him because he needs another attacker because of all the injuries that they had. Because but Mane, for Mane, I don't see. I I didn't. I wouldn't see not, Mane having not to replace him like now. No, but yeah, but but eventually yeah, yeah, but in the future. Yeah, but yeah, like Weston McKinney developed at Schalke, which is in Germany. Gio Reyna yep. Dortmund, Pulisic Dortmund, and now Chelsea. Um, Yunus Musa, Valencia. And in England, Valencia, yeah. Uh, Sergeant wasn't he at Hoffenheim? Uh, Werder Bremen. I don't know if he was at Hoffenheim before, but he's at Werder Bremen now, another German club. Um, like even like I don't know. You just look through like the like when you go through the starting line, like Anthony Robinson now the left back is at Fulham. Yeah. Like oh, is he really? Fulham. Yeah, he's been at Fulham oh. for a couple of years, and he's only like eighteen or nineteen as well. That's the thing. And then John Brooks has been at Wolfsburg for forever, another German club. Um, Where did Stefan come from, the keeper? Yeah, so he's the odd one out. He was at University of Maryland for four years. He's actually my age. So he was at Maryland the same time that I was at UMW. Oh, was that is that him? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the keeper, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. that was somebody else. No, 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 that's him. And so then he that's goes, him? Yeah, that's he goes nuts. from there to Germany, and now he's Manchester City's backup goalkeeper. It's like, it's Literally, he, yeah. that's incredible mm-hmm. yeah i remember i remember that was that was when they were like ranked number one in the nation and mm-hmm. everything yeah yeah oh, winning wow. national titles and stuff helps when you have a yep. future manchester city keeper on your on your college team <laughs> that's crazy yeah. so he goes yeah. spends a couple of years in mls with columbus goes over to germany and then manchester city buys him to be the backup now he's working now he's playing with kevin de bruyne pep guardiola like that whole crew like 
if you asked him five years ago, he'd be like, hey, man, right? <laughs> you're going to be managed by Pep Guardiola in five years. He'd be like, nah, get out of here, bro. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna be Pep Guardiola's second choice yeah. goalkeeper yeah. while he's in, Mar- like, Maryland's dorm just chilling with yeah. all the homies. Yeah. Like, nah, nah, there's no way he believes you. No. Like, nah, get, get out of here. No. Get, get out of here. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who else? Who else is it? Mark McKenzie, the other center back. He plays for Gink in Belgium. He's also only okay. 18. Yep. He's only 18 as well. And then there's a right back that plays for Roma. Reynolds, I think his name is. And then Chris Richards plays for Bayern. He got loaned out to Hoffenheim this year. All, all teenagers. All teenagers. And you know what the other thing is? Half of those guys are from the FC Dallas Academy. So clearly they're doing something right oh, down there in Dallas. I think McKenney was McKenney's from Dallas. Chris Richards is from Dallas. Reynolds is from Dallas. Uh, and I think one of the other ones is from Dallas as well. So clearly they're doing something right. The rest of the league should take a page out of their book, trying to figure it out. But, but like, like, wouldn't you like to see Pulisic playing for DC United and no Reyna playing for LA Galaxy? No. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what do you yeah, mean? yeah. I mean, Wouldn't it be nice of. to see your guys playing? I mean, I'm I'm saying hypothetically, yeah, hyper, teams are that high quality as yeah, yeah. as the same quality as Chelsea and all oh, that stuff. Yeah, of course. Wouldn't you like to you, see that want, here? You'd want all the teams to be that good here. But the other thing is, like, there's some like the bell curve to. Oh, I forgot what it's called. Something something law, where it's like. 10 like the top 10 percent of whatever that profession is produces like the majority of like 80 percent of the highest quality stuff or whatever it's like you're you're like that that quality like peak there's only so many players that will get to that point Mm -hmm. and so that's why it'll stay in europe it's not like europe is not gonna like come like mls is not gonna rise up to meet europe like europe like somebody's gonna there's gonna have to be like a give or take just like the talent pool generally speaking like there's like you're not gonna have a second leo like messi show up at dc united no of course not but i mean i i just think in general like why wouldn't this next generation like the griffin yow's the kevin kevin Paredes, why wouldn't more of them start coming out and make all these teams quality teams you know well like, why... they'll just go to europe no that's, see, but that's, that's, not, that's, that's why that's it's a pyramid though. you gotta you gotta keep them here well, that's if, the point. You got if, it. If Champions League included American clubs, then it might be different. But Champions make your League, own Champions League. Make your own Champions one. League. Or, or, we have one. I mean, Con- the Concacaf Champions League. Yeah, the Concacaf Champions League. Yeah, but nobody yeah, cares. But invest in it. You know what I mean? Get those yeah. young. Get those young players, like that are gonna be those future stars. Get them in there. You know. I don't. I don't disagree. Also, shout out to Kevin Paredes and Moses. They were on the podcast. Go check out that episode. Shameless plug. Anyways. Um, well that's why it's a pyramid though like that's the pyramid is the champions league is the tip of the pyramid Mm -hmm. in terms of club like you're not going to make your own pyramid it's not going to be as like as good oh no of course not of course not like but hey think think about a dc united versus uh i don't know like a chivas dc united versus like a chivas conquer champions league final that, and, and, you're play, and you got some Atlanta. young U.S. stars playing for yeah. for for the U.S. for DC United. You know what I mean? No, that NBC. would be like that would be ideal. You'd want like 
I think the peak for MLS teams is kind of like um, an Ajax type role where they're a selling club. Like they have really good players, but they're a selling club. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's like nobody in MLS is going to reach a Manchester City or a Manchester United in terms of what they can pay their players, in terms of the competitions they offer, the coaching they offer, the exposure, all that stuff. But like an Ajax where you are known for developing really good talent, you always have a talented team, you play like in a in an attractive way. That's, in my opinion, what the aim should be because then that filters into the national team. And even if oh, for sure. and even if those guys aren't playing MLS, they were developed through MLS academies, which is mm-hmm. which is the goal, right? I think that's the goal at the and end it, of the day. And and that that itself will bring that quality of just the average player so like, so far. Yeah, it'll bring like, it up. higher than it is now. Yeah, because... and, that, and and and, and, and overall, that's the goal. You want mm-hmm. you want to bring everybody's quality up, not mm-hmm. just. Like bring those star players. You want to bring everybody's quality up, so that just brings the whole league's quality up. You know, yeah. So I mean, and and there's there's that's possible. You know, with all these kids come like coming out of academies and stuff, mm-hmm. all these young guys. They, mm-hmm. You look at you look at some 13, 14, like um that the other weekend when I went to the Briarwoods uh, alumni game. Mm-hmm. Man, these kids, nuts, seniors. Like I was looking up to them. Like yo. <laughs> what are they feeding you like i was i was in awe like six yeah. foot two six foot three just built like grown men yeah. are 17 years old yeah you know like there's there's so much talent here there's mm-hmm. so much there's so many kids uh growing yeah definitely i think the other thing is they have to get the right guidance from like supporting figures and that sort of thing yep. you and i both know plenty of people that had opportunities to go to Europe or different places and it didn't work out because of the immaturity or something like that. And they're kind of floundering now. And that sucks, right? When you hear those, when you hear those stories, it's like the talent was all there. The rest of it was not like different extenuating circumstances, family issues, whatever the case may be. So it's important to have that support structure as well. Um, because when you're 16 or 17, like, you don't know how to, like, it's the same thing with, like, it's the same thing with college loans. It's like, you're going to ask a 17-year-old to make a decision to go $200,000 in debt to go to school. It's like, they don't know what, they don't know what they're doing. It's like, it's the same thing with signing a professional contract. It's like, they don't know what they're reading. Like, they can read the words on the page, but they don't know what it actually means. So there's got to be, like, but unfortunately, people will always try and take advantage of people because that's just human nature. People are dicks. That's. No, part of course. Of, and of I mean, I think that's exactly where the whole like uh like kids just vanishing after the draft or and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that that's where that comes in because that's what happens. Like they kids come out of the draft and they'll sign something and next thing you know, a coach leaves or you know, so like something just doesn't go the the way they're supposed to, mm-hmm. and now you're you're out of luck. And yeah. it's just it's so unfortunate because those kids had the like that had those dreams and were right there on the brink of it just got just got screwed over mm-hmm. over something yeah. so so minuscule you know yeah or like a coach says he's gonna sign you next transfer window coach gets fired new coach doesn't want to bring you in you're like and you're sitting on the couch like well now what it's like when you're 18 you're, that's hard it's like 
to the mentality to be like, all right, go find the next opportunity is not like handling rejection period is difficult, but for people that are still like just developing like mentally, like their brain is still developing, like without a support structure around you, it's like, it's so easy to just go through a downward spiral, like going to whatever, whatever bad habits like you want to throw out there. And it's not, it's not good. So not that we're losing like more people, more talent than other countries to that sort of thing, but just generally for youth, like in this situation as a whole, I think it's something that probably needs to get looked like, I don't know. It's not, you can't throw a global like blanket policy on that to fix that. It's got to be with like the individual and their support system and like coaches, like their youth coaches around them and different mentors and stuff like that. But I don't know. Oh, no, for sure. Like there's so much that goes into it, you know, and people really don't understand that because I feel like when you look at the like the the best players in the world now over there in Europe and the ones in South America, the the Messi's, the Neymar's, the Canes, the Mm. I mean, I I feel like it's mainly uh, I mean, I wouldn't say everybody because some of them, some of the younger ones came up had that like uh, support system and stuff but like say like the name was that like grew up with pretty much nothing you know mm-hmm. like that's all that's all he knew like that's mm-hmm. all he used to do like that's all he had like that that was his only way of surviving you know mm-hmm. like that's how he got that good like he mm-hmm. that's all he would like that's that's it it was just soccer like his yeah. life it was just soccer 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 eat yep. sleep soccer 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 eat sleep soccer 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 it takes that type of commitment to mm-hmm. become that good you yeah. know what i mean yeah like, it, like, like you have to, on a bus to a tryout that's three hours away like exactly sort of thing. yeah yeah like doing like playing with playing with shoes that have that don't even have laces or soles you know what i mean yeah. like these kids like these guys had to, these guys had to go through hell to become who they are today you know mm-hmm. what i mean and that that's I mean, thankfully, I mean, I, I never, I never missed it. I never missed a meal. I had always had a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. And I thank my parents because they gave me everything I ever needed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was, it's such a different mentality looking at it. Like those guys are who they are because of those struggles, you know, like yeah. they, they got the, they got that touch because they were out there playing on a street with no shoes, with a ball that was made of like, Plastic, plastic, you know, yeah, plastic bags all rolled together or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And like that's that's where they learned how to play. You know, mm-hmm. I learned how to play at Ida Lee on a perfectly cut grass field with some new new Adidas, the new Adidas Predator Power Swears. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it that's completely different. And so, like, to expect that type of talent to come out of the U.S. is hard. I mean, everybody obviously has a struggle, struggles here in the U.S. as well, mm-hmm. but like. I don't know. You know what I mean? It just takes a different type of different type of life experience to bring, to bring that out. Yeah, for sure. And if you don't learn that struggle, like the the other thing is you don't learn that struggle. There are other ways to learn to struggle when you're young that don't involve having nothing from the standpoint of you have a coach that really pushes you when you're young or something like that. Like that also can qualify as like the, that sort of, obviously it's not the same but for like players in England who've been developed in those academies right they didn't go through the same that like a Neymar went through or Messi or whatever 
but they still turned out to be world class. So it, it, like, there's different ways to to get there. I remember um, before Euros, they were doing ESPN like did a story on Joshua Kimmich. He like lived in some small German town, like nobody knew who he was or whatever. He was just like playing in the grass outside. Like there were like seven thousand people or whatever. Ends up like getting into Stuttgart's academy, and then they told him he was too small, he was too slow, he was too this, he was too that, and then when he ended up at Leipzig, so that's when they told him that he was too small. And then Pep Guardiola found, like, watched him and was like, no, he'll be good. And he signed him when Leipzig were in the third tier, the third division of German, of the German leagues. He signed mm-hmm. him to Bayern Munich, which is, like, one of the best teams in the world. And now he's probably... That's how they got Kimmich? Mm-hmm. And, now he's considered, pro- and now he's considered probably, I would say, probably the best holding midfielder in the world, I would think. Or if if not, like, top two, top three. I mean, I, I can't think of... I mean, I could see, I don't know, like a Conte, I guess. Yeah, Is maybe it... him and Conte. They're different types of players, but yeah. But, like, it's between them two, I would I would say. Like, as, as somebody... Nah, to... Yeah, I can't, I can't think of, like, a true six. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Conte's not a true six. He's just, like, a destroyer type. Yeah. I mean... Prime Busquets, but now nah, no shot, no, no shot, no, not even, even close. Even even Busquets and Kimmich are different players. I think Kimmich would fit if you put if you put Kimmich into those Barcelona teams. I don't think there would be that much difference because he's so smart in how he plays the game and he can dictate. Oh, for him. sure. That's what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like those two, like they're smart enough to be able to play in mm-hmm. any type of system. But yeah. I feel like Kimmich is more versatile. Oh, for sure. Because like Busquets isn't going to be able to play in any type of system. No. Kimmich will play in any system. Yeah. And he's got the athleticism and the pace to play fullback and, like, all that other stuff. And he can dictate the tempo of a game, which is incredible to think about. Like, there's no there's no one – he played he played center back some for Pep when he was at Bayern. He did. Yeah, he did. He mm-hmm. did. He did. Yeah. It's, he's, a, he's a player that – I don't know. I try and model some of my own game after him. But he's joy to watch, honestly, how he plays the game. You can see that. I can see. I can see a lot of Kimmich in your yeah. in your style. You know, yeah, I can the, definitely see the that. Right back to center mid transition type. Is, deal. No, yo, is isn't that weird that yeah. usually right backs are really good center or sixes or sixes are really good right backs? Yeah, like, look at look at us. Look at us. Like your six. Certain, the certain type of right back though, like the ones who are like converted wingers, not so much. Oh it's, no, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. The certain yeah, yeah. type of player. Um. Where are we going with this? Oh yeah, but so the struggle though with the U.S. It's like we have all this, all these facilities and all these stadiums and all this money. Like, well, all the money is in the game, but like to really get into one of those academy, you have to pay butt ton of money to get in there, which is oh for stupid sure. in itself. Like Zlatan, when he was playing for the Galaxy, he was like, "You American." <laughs> I'm not going to quote him exactly, but he's basically you, like, you Americans are idiots. Why do you make people pay $3,000 to play soccer? It's like, you're not wrong, dude. No, I mean, it's true. Like, and even then, when you do pay for that, some, I mean, I'm not saying everybody, but like the people that are in charge, sometimes those people don't like have a clue. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they learned everything from a book or something. Yeah. And, and that's so much, that's so much different. Like it's, it's different learning from a book than learning from experience and like mm-hmm. from actually like doing stuff like 
just because you read a book doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. And, and even well, even if you're a good player, it doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. I heard a story of like Thierry yep. Henry. He was managing Monaco uh, when they were really bad like two years ago. Oh, it was and, terrible. And in training, terrible. <laughs> a story came out that he was in training and he was trying to show the strikers how to do like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but they were struggling to do it. And he like took the ball and he was like, no, just do it like this. And he like did it perfectly. And he couldn't understand like why they weren't able to be <laughs> as good as he was. It's like, dude, you were like the, one of the best strikers of all time, and you're expecting like, yeah, <laughs> like even though they're professional, it's like, no, just do this exactly this, and he does the thing. It's like, like coach, we can't do that. Nah, no, that definitely. I think that it takes a different type of mind to be mm-hmm. a coach and after being a player and stuff. Yeah, I have to be like a student of the game, like you were saying earlier. Oh, for always, sure. Always watching, always like figuring out different things. Gary Neville said that about his brother Phil when um, when he was managing the women's uh, national team for England. And now mm-hmm. he's obviously Inter Miami's coach. But he was saying like, because they both managed. And Gary, so they both were right backs uh, in the Premier League. Gary for Manchester United and Phil for Manchester United and then for Everton. Um, they both managed. Gary did was not great. He was at Valencia. They were horrible. And he said on TV, so he's a pundit now, basically a commentator, and he was like, I enjoy being a commentator because I don't have to eat, like, sleep, breathe this game the way that Phil does. He's like, I'll be at dinner with him, and he'll be like, oh, what, what do you think about this formation? Or, like, trying this thing out, and, like, it's like, dude, do you talk about anything else? It's like, no, he doesn't. Like, those are the types of people that, like, become great coaches. Bro, tell, tell me why that makes me so happy because mm. I'm literally over here with my girl. I know this is just Sunday league, but I'm over here eating like <laughs> dinner with my girl. And I'm just like, what do you like? Who do you think should start in the midfield this weekend? Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, I just, I literally just asked her yesterday some random question. I think it was about one of our wingers. Mm-hmm. I was like, who do you think should start as like a, because we're going three back this week, by the way. Mm-hmm. We're going three back. So I was like, who do you think should like start for like our, like right and left wing backs? And then we just got into a whole conversation about the team and stuff. Yeah. It's I, I feel bad for her because she has to deal with all this. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny that you say that though. Cause I didn't yeah. know I didn't know that story. Yeah. But you no, know, it's true, man. Like you're literally, I'm literally constantly thinking. Like I know I know it's something like it's just it's just Sunday league and stuff, but like, man, like I'm always like, hey, like thinking like, oh, what if I did this with like this guy? Or like, what if I switched over here? Yeah, but you also have aspirations to do to do different things with that. Like, you would rather coach somewhere else other than Sunday League. It's not like, you know, like you're not oh, just, for sure. Like you're not just sitting there like oh, I'm good here because if you if you were sitting there like that, then you wouldn't be thinking about it all all the time. Oh no, for sure. I mean, obviously, I want to I want to coach. I mean, I want to get it I, as high up the ladder as I possibly can with, with that. I mean, I, I have to start somewhere, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, as long as I, my main focus is just build those right foundations right now mm-hmm. and just build, just keep building on top of that. Yeah, for sure. So getting, get into some good habits as of now, even, even then, even like with you guys and stuff, get into some good habits. So now when I start moving up and start like working on some higher stuff, it's just natural, you know? Yeah. Cause it, I mean, this is hard. This is mm-hmm. not easy. It's not mm-hmm. easy managing, managing a team, managing players, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it gets hectic. Cause you mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta think about, um, like you gotta think about each person individually 
every mm-hmm. single time you talk to him, you know? You got to think about, like, how he's going to – how somebody's going to react or how he's going to react to how I talk to him this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, like, he takes instructions this way, like – or he takes motivation in a different type of way. Like, mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to learn your guys. You have to learn everything about them and, like, how to approach them the best way, you know, on and off the field. Yeah. Because, like you said, um, with Pablo, uh, what he said in the – or I believe you said it, is how you like how he – in, um kind of combines that mental and physical game mm-hmm. to how yeah. you approach the sport and yeah. i mean i think that's huge i think that's humongous you need you need everybody to be on the same page mentally you know because mm-hmm. that's yeah. when that's when stuff starts to break down if you if you're not if you're not on the same page mentally on the field you're not gonna be on the same page there's no shot yeah for sure and that's why you see teams on paper don't do as well as they should it's all those like little mental things or like different styles, not meshing, et cetera. Also though, the other thing about living and breathing the, the game is like when you're training, like when you're, when you're with a team that has practices and like training sessions, you're always thinking about what are, what are you going to do next training session? What are you going to do next training session? What do we need to work on from the last game? What does the next team have that we need to counter? Or like, what does the next team have that we can exploit and like structure everything that you're doing around all of that, all of the time. And it just never ends until the season's over. And you have a week to do that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes week, not even. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes not even. You have a couple of days. Yeah, you have to go into the cup game. You have to learn every, you have to watch games on them. You have to learn about the format. Like you said, you have to learn everything about them. Just mm-hmm. know how you have to approach the game. Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure out your whole approach. And then you have to communicate it to the team and make sure that they understand how to, <sighs> yep, how to approach the game. It's different. With, it's different with Sunday League people. It's different. Oh, definitely, definitely, it's different. These guys are not no, always. No, no offense to any of our teammates that are going to listen to this at all. We love you all. <laughs> I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Barack, I need you to score. <laughs> uh, good luck with that. Oh man. <laughs> But yeah, no. no but I mean, it's fun. It's fun, mm-hmm. it's, especially having you guys, because I feel like with a different group of guys, it might be a little bit different. Uh, just because I mean, I know you guys, and I know how you guys work, especially mm-hmm. with you and Barack and stuff. Because mm-hmm. like you, I mean, I don't even think my of myself or Brendan as like really coaches. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of like helping you guys. Because I mean, mm-hmm. that that's our job is kind of just help find the best way for you guys to approach the game. And to find the best way for you guys to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, losing isn't fun, so. Yeah, of course. I'd, I'd rather win. Exactly. All so, I mean, time. yeah. And, I mean, and, and that's on you guys. Because, I mean, I'm not – I don't expect you guys to win. I just mm-hmm. know that you guys expect yourselves to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know all you guys hold hold yourselves to a certain standard. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's not my – that's if anything, that's one less thing I have to worry about. I don't have to get you guys up for a game. You know yeah. what I mean? I know you guys are going to come and you 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 mean business. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that helps a lot. But I'm sure with other teams, there's there's struggles with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Having to motivate your guys and stuff like that. Obviously, it's hard to get the guys. You know what I mean? We've had that that problem getting, guy, getting guys to, like, dinner, fucking practices and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But when it comes to game day, I mean, everybody, everybody's down to business. But... I mean, once we get, once we expand, you know, come mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Coming soon. 
for sure. The that, other thing that mentality is definitely going to change. Yeah. One um, sidebar to the coaching thing is with all the licenses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like for you and me sometimes too, I'm like, why do I have to get a license? Like, I know I could probably coach. But then at the same time, there's so many nut jobs that would be like, well, I can coach. And like, no, you can't. So, so, so your point about reading a book and not being able to coach, I think the license, the license process does a good job of kind of weeding out the people that really know nothing. Um, whereas like Jenna, for instance, her volleyball coach, in college didn't play at all he learned through reading and watching and his his teams win national championships so it's definitely possible for sure i watched it happen with uh with her coach but yeah so i think from from what i've seen i like i have a couple of licenses for coaching but from what i've seen like from guys that i know that have taken like the super like the c b and a ones like the super extensive mm-hmm. ones that are like week-long classes or whatever and also one other thing that we did uh when i was in at mary washington a lot of those courses were taught down at the fredericksburg um football club complex down there and so mm-hmm. we basically they needed teams to like run sessions with as like part of their class so we would volunteer to go be the, like the guinea pigs so oh, that's cool yeah so we got to do a lot of sessions with like coaches that went well, I don't know. They they were going for like their B and C licenses usually, which is like college level or like semi pro level or like low professional mm-hmm. level. I think. I don't know if B is su- sufficient for USL. Anyways, we got to we got to go through their sessions and like a lot of the evaluators and stuff. They would ask us like how we were like how we felt about different things. Obviously, it wasn't we weren't the highest quality teams. Which was just, it was the club team, Mary Washington. But it was cool to run through some of those sessions and just see like what they what the coaches were learning and how to coach and what sort of like sessions they would run how they progressed the session from like a smaller drill and then implemented it into a game like situation to work on a certain like okay that like we're going to work on third man combinations so we're going to do a passing drill that kind of simulates that and then we're going to do possession where you get a point if you execute it properly and then we're going to move to a game where like it's encouraged like the way they set up the game is encouraged that you do that skill that they went through the practice with. And that Mm -hmm. was cool. And I was like, you know, like I was encouraged when I was going through those sessions. Um, So I don't know what, what that says about U S soccer as a whole. No idea. It's just my perspective on like, we did it like three or four times and there was like five or six coaches at each one. So like about those 15 coaches, they, I thought they did well. I like some better than others, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean that that's that's awesome here. Anything, but I mean, I I think I didn't mean it that way to like where like oh, just because you read a book doesn't mean you're a coach. I mean, I just meant like that. It goes. There's so much more to it, mm-hmm. like that, like makes it so difficult to become one of the like the good ones. And I mean, for me, a good coach is just a coach that makes a difference with their players. You know, mm-hmm. like it doesn't have; they don't have to make them big, like better or anything like that. Just somebody that makes a difference that helps them out. Because I mean, that's what a coach is at at the end of the day. Somebody that for the and like, unluckily, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, not even at the youth level. I mean, I wish 
I, well, I would have wished my college coaches. Yeah. Well, if college and professional, if you don't win, you're fired usually. That is, that is true. But I mean, this guy wasn't, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about personal experience, of course. But, I mean, this guy wasn't, wasn't winning and still treated his guys not bad, but just unfairly, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I, I definitely have, like, I, I have hope for the future coaches, like myself, of course. I mean, hopefully mm-hmm. one day. But, but like, the whole, like, how it's viewed from, like, old school perspective. Because, you know, it's hard to pass, like, gen- go from generation to generation. Like, they all oh, have their own styles. And the U.S. obviously has their own style of play from the past generations. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, it's developed. And it, we, we're so far beyond the MLS from, like, the early 2000s, you know? Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah, thank you. You remember, you remember those penalty shootouts in, like, the oh, 1996 man. playoffs? Hey, Loki, those are so much more fun to watch than the other ones. Just saying. It was, yo, I just – that was nuts. That was actually nuts. It was, it was super fun watching, to watch. Yeah, for those listening or watching that, watch. that don't know, instead of a normal soccer penalty, they would take the ball from half field and they would have, like, five seconds to dribble, put like, half the field and then shoot <laughs> on the goalkeeper. Uh, and it was – it was like a hockey penalty, but yeah, it was yeah. a it was a hockey penalty shootout yeah. Yeah. on the soccer yeah. field. Yeah, and I I remember I think I saw like it was like highlights of those, mm-hmm. and at one like like mid in the middle of it, in the middle of the video, I guess some guy like thought he was like, hey, let me be smart and let me just chip him as soon as he comes out, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody lost their mind. Everybody lost their I, like everybody was like the keeper like put his hand up and was like well like what that doesn't count that doesn't count <laughs> it was like he just chipped you brother what are you what are you talking about are we are we that far behind do not know what a little little uh, chip is again well, one one v one i think messi made that popular <sighs> at least for our did generation he? anyways did he yeah i mean yeah for the, dink, the dink over the goalkeeper the dink people weren't really doing that it was uh because Henri made it popular to do like that little bend into the far post so, I don't know. I feel like people were thinking it. I mean, Panenka, they had they had the Panenka penalty yeah. from named named after Panenka himself. Yeah. I I, mean, I don't know. I just it just it's just weird to see that like people are like complaining about a chip. Like what? Yeah. He doesn't have to shoot. That's weird. But I don't know. Because soccer was new here. Nobody knew what it was. Oh, soccer. Oh man. Soccer. Yeah. yeah. My dad told me about <laughs> when. Pele signed for the New York Cosmos in like 1970 or whatever, or like late in his career, everybody went nuts for like a season, and then they everybody stopped caring. <laughs> it's like Pele's coming to town. I don't know. Okay, I saw him yeah, last year. Who, who's that? It's like, <laughs> oh man, that the, the disrespect. <laughs> yeah, no, people knew who he was, obviously, but like he's still not better than Messi though. Messi, but we can talk. That's that's, that's, that's a, a whole. <laughs> we we that's a different debate for a different day. Oh man. man, we we need another hour for that one. I mean, yeah, we yeah, Messi is just he's an alien dude. I don't, I don't know, like so. Uh, okay, just I mean, just to just to touch it, you know, like just to yeah, poke yeah. it real quick. Yeah, we'll poke it's it. Just... And then we'll go all the way into it, you know, because that's how we, <laughs> that's we can't stop talking about soccer. So, I, I mean, like it, it just baffles me. Like I, I get Ronaldo's like all time goal scorer and all that kind of stuff. But I promise you, this is how I explain it to people, like mm-hmm. for in layman's terms, you know, mm-hmm. to the simpletons of the world. I'm oh, sorry, that's me. 
but no, nah, I would say get go go to YouTube mm-hmm. and look up like any like any season or any champions like Champions League in general. Look up all of Messi's Champions League goals and all of Messi's or all of Ronaldo's Champions League goals, and just watch both videos. I promise you, you're gonna fall asleep during Ronaldo's videos. I've fallen asleep. I, I swear to you, I've fallen asleep that. watching it. It's all tappings, brother. It's all tappings and PKs. The man was just a tapping box oh, from inside it. the six yard box. Oh, stop. He had it. a couple bangers. He had a couple bangers. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, stop it. It's that's, Ronaldo. He's, he's not... a great. Ronaldo is the greatest nine to ever play this game. Simple as that. Simple as that. He's, not he's the greatest nine. nine to ever play this game. Insane goal scorer, greatest goal scorer of all time. I, I would even, I kind of hesitate. I kind of, I kind of take that back a little bit, but greatest nine to ever play the game. Until Ronaldo scores 91 goals in a calendar year, he's not the greatest goal scorer of all time, in my opinion. 91 goals in a calendar year. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You and then and then for the rest of the time, he had at least 35 plus goals. That, so did Ronaldo. Yeah, but Ronaldo didn't score so, 91 so, in, in so a calendar year. Before people think that I'm a Ronaldo fanboy because I'm defending him, I'm not. I I would take Messi over Ronaldo. However, I don't think that you give him enough credit. The man is an absolute machine, and he scores more than tap-ins. The, the, bike, the bike, when he was playing for Madrid against Juve, unreal. Uh-huh. Unreal. No, the no. absolute athleticism to get there. <laughs> Look, here's the thing, right? This is, this, is, this is how I make the comparison. When I, watch Messi, when I watch Messi play, he does things that I wouldn't even think, to, like, like think were possible. Like, not only would I not think to try it, I wouldn't even think to think to try it. Whereas with Ronaldo, I'm like, you know, if I was if if I was like as athletic as him, maybe I could do some of that stuff. And that's where for me the difference lies. It's like Messi is from another planet. Like this, like how he gets in and out of spaces, like the goal against Bilbao in the Copa del Rey final, um, the goal against Getafe in like 2006, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Those. It's like you don't under like you don't you don't think that. Like you watch, like when you're watching it as a soccer player, you, like you'll say, hmm, I would have done this in this situation. The things that he does, you're not like, oh, I would have done this or this. What he did was something entirely different. With Ronaldo, you're like, oh, yeah, I would like, that's what I would have done as well. Like type deal, you know, it's the brain for me. Okay. That, see, that's, that's, that's more of a fair way to put it. Cause yeah. I mean, I'm always, I'm always the Messi fanboy. I know you and are. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna not. It's not that I don't respect Ronaldo. Obviously, the the guy is the greatest nine to ever play this game. He's mm-hmm. the great. He's one of the greatest goal scorers to ever play this game. The mm-hmm. guy, the guy's a machine. He's a mm-hmm. self built monster. Mm-hmm. You put the you you put him in the box, in the in the eighteen yard box, and you give him the ball. He's Invisible. gonna find a way to put it in the back of the net. Yep. He's gonna find a way, no matter what. He's mm-hmm. gonna find a way to put it in the back of the net. Yep. But like you said, Messi just does stuff that just like I, I that I, that's why I don't understand how people like watch him and don't like think like wow that is the greatest player to ever play this game. Like how did he just do that? Like this yeah. not like there, there's time like the goal. Ah, did you, did you have you seen that goal against Betis? Betis, I think it was his hat trick goal. The mm-hmm. Jordi Alba passes it back and he just hits it from the like top of the eighteen. Oh, the, the chip just, one. Chips it. Yeah. Doop. Like, yeah, to even try that, to even think to try that is like to even think to try that. Yeah, 
And it's not the first time he's tried it. He did it way back then in, uh, I want to say, 2009 when they had the pink jerseys. Debbie's like all pink jerseys. Yeah. It was, it, you remember that goal that he scored with his chest? Yeah. Pretty sure it was that year. Yeah. Do you remember the game against Real Madrid? I don't, I think it was the same season as the five, the five nil. It might have been in that game. I don't remember which game it was in, but he's got a super tight angle. Ball pops out from a corner. He's like kind of towards the, the end line and he basically tries and just like lifts it with some bend into like over Casillas into the top a, corner that didn't go in it was the five nil it was a five yeah, yeah. if that, that if that, was, if that, that had gone tempo. in if that had gone in i like that would have been probably one of the most audacious goals of all time given the game that it was in and then how they killed them for the rest of the game i'm pretty sure that was in like the fifth minute too yeah it was early. yeah it was real early were they winning? I think they were winning one zero when he did that. I don't remember. But oh, was it? I thought yeah. I thought it was still zero zero. For some for some reason, the fourteenth minute comes to mind, and I don't know why. It's well, that's that, funny because I was literally going to say fourteen after yeah, that. That's weird that we remember that from a game ten years. No, I mean, more than ten years oh, ago. Oh, brother, two thousand ten. You want to? You want to? You want to name any game from back then? No, no, I'll hold give on. you. I'll it's, give you a rundown. It's, it's I'll give not, you a rundown. It's not weird. Who, got, who, who did fouls? Who who on Madrid got a red? I'll tell it's you not weird for you. me and you to remember. It. It's going to be weird for people listening to be like, why the hell do they know that? Oh, for sure. For and sure. for you, and for you especially, given like that you're a Barcelona fan. Mm. Like, I don't. I don't oh, keep, dude, I, I don't I keep can. track of the games like the Barcelona games like that. If you ask me about Dortmund games, I'll be like, hey man, remember that Champions League game against Zenit in 2016 where Aubameyang scored a curler? People will be like, what? I think I do remember that one. I thought you were going to bring the, up the... The green hypervenoms? The, was it the semifinal? The, against Madrid? Against, no, 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 not against Madrid. That wasn't against Madrid. You guys beat another team. It was a, a white and blue striped team. Malaga. It was Malaga. Oh, that was the quarterfinal of the same year. Was that the quarterfinal of that year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the same sure. year. And then you guys smacked Madrid right afterwards. Yeah. That Lewa pullback goal is still one of my favorite goals of all time. Oh, 100%. Him, him for pull- me, that's like that goal, I think. I don't know if it was that year or the year after when Byron bought him. But when he scored that goal, I was like, yeah, there's no way we're keeping him for like more than another season. Just I mean, man's, man, dropped four, man dropped four goals against Real Madrid in Champions League semifinal when he was like 24 years old. On their was, forehead. Yeah, and it was his like second season or third season in top flight football. He was playing in like the Polish third tier before Dortmund grabbed him. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Man's, man's got Pepe, got Pepe and Ramos right in front of him, and he just pulls it back and just upper 90. Yeah. Nuts. Crazy. And then, yeah, so that year, so because we played Madrid in the group stage as well that year, and we beat them. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. We beat them, and we tied them, I think. The second game was a 2-2 tie, and I, I remember watching that season, Goza and Royce were, like, going off, and Lebo, like, all three of them just, like, the, like the balance that we had in that team was was ridiculous because the fullbacks, like the wingbacks that we had, weren't really, really wingbacks. They were defenders. And so that meant when we had Bender sitting in at six, that Gundogan could push in the 4-2-3-1 that Klopp, that Klopp played. So instead of having the – and then Kuba was the other winger, he stayed all the way wide. And basically what happened was he provided the width. Gundogan would push up into the middle to support Goza and Royce. And they would just combine, and then they would fucking score all the rest. But Goza and Royce that year, like Royce with the blonde highlights and stuff, scoring volleys <laughs> for fun against uh, against Madrid. Yeah, we almost lost that Malaga game, man. I'd have been mad. 
But we beat Shakhtar. Oh, we beat Shakhtar in the round of sixteen. Malaga in the quarterfinals. Madrid in the semis, and then we lost to Bayern in the final. Heartbreaker, Robin. Oh, yeah. My dad. Just my a dad little loves touch. Robin. Just a little touch. Oh, that that must hurt even more. Well, he doesn't know why he loves Robin. He loves Robin uh, because of his celebration. Like when he goes like, "Oh, he's little." Yeah, my dad's like, "Oh, he's." <laughs> He was like, he's bald, so he looks like me, and he's good. And I was like, that's not uh, – just stop. That's not, I was like, you're not even bald. That sounds like your dad. He, he was – my dad's not even bald. Like, that logic makes no sense. <laughs> but anyways, before we devolve into further nonsense, what is next for you for, like, the next three to five years coaching-wise? What do you think? Like, give us uh, – without giving too much detail, because we'll throw that on the next time you're on here, but – What's next for you? And then we'll when then we'll get this wrapped up wrapped up. I know you got playoffs and later tonight. So Yeah, I gotta go play I gotta go play keep in some indoor playoffs. What's up? Safe hands. Safe hands. Of course. Of course. But uh no nah, man, I mean I'm hopefully, hopefully overall I wanna have my in the next like yeah, in the next like three years, I wanna have my like academy started up pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like youth teams, also helping helping out on both sides, helping out sports wise, and academic wise, and pretty mm-hmm. much financial wise. Because mm-hmm. I mean, academic and financial pretty pretty much going into the same mm-hmm. area, like you said, with the whole asking a seventeen year old to sign away hundreds yeah. of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get an education. You know? Yeah. So I mean, well, that's pretty much where I want to be, man. Program and stuff. Yeah, oh, for yeah, sure. Sponsors everything, everything. and donations and whatnot. Have a yeah, couple yeah. youth teams. The whole, the whole nine, man. The whole yeah. nine. I want to, I want to, pretty much, I just want to help the youth, man. I want to help the community. I want to help the youth and just try to help build them, not even just to be professionals, just to be professional prepared, people. you know? Yeah, just pre- prepared to, to do life, you know? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't prepared when I when I left my house at 18. No. I was nowhere near prepared. I had, to, I had to learn a lot of stuff. I'm still learning a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to stop learning stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just want to use what I've learned throughout the years and what uh, other people that around me that I'm working with have learned throughout the years to help, you know? Because, I mean, mm. that's the best thing we can do, man. That's the best thing we can do. Just help help out people that people that need it. Help out mm. – not even people that need it. Just help out people that you can. Yeah. Because that, that's, what, that's what's important, man. Just that, And that's what's going to help everybody grow. Mm-hmm. Like that, I feel like that. That's that's we're missing that so much nowadays in mm-hmm. in just society in general. Just the 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 urge to help people, you know. Like yeah. we don't help people enough. We like and, and me myself, I, I until now I really haven't helped a lot of people too much. And not that it's not a bad thing that you're not helping people. Obviously, people have to deal with their own stuff, and you have to work on yourself and stuff like that. But I mean, luckily, I feel like I'm in the spot. I'm in a good place to try to help others, you know, mm-hmm. and I I feel like I have the ability to do that as well, and yeah. I'm gonna try to do that to my the best of my ability. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, one, man. One one thing I tell people in regards to the helping other people is like, if you can't help yourself, how are you gonna help anybody else? So, like you said, it's definitely important to take care of yourself, and so you can be the best version of you to go forth and help other people but yeah man if like one person helps if every person helps one person world world would be a better place but 
I think that's a, sure. a great spot to, to wrap up. Hopefully we'll get you back on soon. We'll stay tuned for, for the Academy coming out. Where can we find yes, you on sir. social media? Where can we find you on socials? Oh, uh, you can follow me on JR underscore Vazman on Instagram or VA United CF at VA United CF on Instagram. That's the squad. Go follow Sounds the squad. Good. You'll yeah, see we'll... you'll see my boy Eric then down there too. <laughs> Repping uh, it. We'll put those links in the description, but it was great to have you on. We will talk to you all next time. Bye everybody. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you. <laughs>